Jeremiah chapter 33 this morning. Thank you, choir, so much. Glorious is thy name, and indeed it is. Jeremiah chapter 33, and I want to talk to you this morning about knowing God through prayer. Now, I think sometimes when we hear that the sermon is going to be on the subject of prayer, we get a tremendous amount of guilt. Why? Because of our prayerlessness. I think most of us, if we were honest, would say that there are seasons in our life uh, where we don't pray as we ought. And I do believe that prayerlessness is a sin. You might think, well, how in the world can not praying be a sin? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, because God told us to pray. And when we don't pray, we're disobeying God. But secondly, I think prayerlessness shows that there is a pride. There's an arrogance. There's a self-sufficiency in our life. Because we're saying, even without speaking, specifically without speaking, that uh, we don't need God in our lives. We're saying, in essence, by not praying, God, I can handle this. I, I can handle my life. I don't need your input. I don't need your guidance. I don't need your intervention. I've got this. And we carry forth in our living with self-sufficiency and pride and arrogance. And so listen, my goal this morning is not to make you feel bad about your lack of prayer. In fact, go ahead and repent of it. Confess it. Forsake it. Deal with it right now. I mean right now. Go ahead and tell the Lord. Uh, you know, you're sorry that you've been prayerless if that is indeed the case in your life. And deal with it and get rid of that. You see, my goal this morning is to get you excited about praying. My goal is to move you from a life of prayerlessness to a life of prayerfulness. And I don't know of any better way to do that than remind you of some great truths concerning the one to whom we're praying. God Almighty. You see, prayer connects us to God. In prayer, we have fellowship with God. With all that in mind, I want you to look at just one verse of Scripture this morning. In Jeremiah chapter 33. Just one verse. The third verse of that chapter. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I memorized it this way many years ago. Call it to me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's the King James version of the verse. I just read to you from the New King James. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now if you remember Jeremiah... We know him as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah's message was one of impending judgment upon God's people. But one Bible scholar, one Bible preacher wrote this. The day is very dark for Judah. But God allows Jeremiah to look down through the tunnel to where light can be seen at the other end. And in chapter 33, we're pulling this verse out today. God confirms and reaffirms the covenant that he made with David. There's a day coming when He will restore the people to the land of Israel and to fellowship with Himself. So there's a a ray of hope. There's this uh, light at the end of the tunnel here in Jeremiah 33. And as we look at this third verse, which was written so long ago to a people far removed from us, there are lessons that we can learn apply to our own lives. And I'd like us to do that for just a few moments today. As you look at Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I want to remind you first of all today that we serve a God who welcomes our prayers. 
We serve a God who welcomes our prayers. He says there in those very first three words, Call to me. Someone has said that God's phone number is Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me. Now when somebody tells you to call them, maybe you have a friend, you have a family member, you have an acquaintance, somebody says, hey, call me sometime. They're giving you an invitation into their lives. They're willing to give you some time. They're willing to give you some attention. They're willing to give you a listening ear when they say, call me. Now think about who's saying that here. In Jeremiah 33.3, the Lord is speaking and he says, call to me. In fact, beloved, he says that over and over again in the Bible. In the Bible, we're invited to pray. We're encouraged to pray. We're commanded to pray. We're exhorted to pray all throughout the Bible. We see examples of people who spent their lives in prayer. The greatest example being our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now think of this. God is inviting us to come into His very presence. To enter into His royal throne room through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we become so accustomed to prayer. We become so used to prayer that we've lost the wonder of it all. Listen, we have an ongoing and standing invitation to come into the very presence of God Almighty. We've done it so much and we thought about it so much and we've heard it so much, we've just kind of lost the wonder of it. He invites us to come to Him and offer prayers of adoration. To offer prayers of confession, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of supplication, prayers of worship. And you know what? He's never too busy to hear us. He's never too preoccupied to care. He says, call to me. You see, praying, beloved, is more than just getting stuff from God. No, it's fellowshipping with Him. It's communing with Him. God is saying to us, when He tells us and invites us to pray, He's saying to us, I want to be involved in your life. I want to help you. I want to guide you. I want to bless you. I want you to know me. I want you to fellowship with me. What a blessed thought. As the hymn writer said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And and it says everything. And when you think about it, how can we remain, remain prayerless when our God welcomes our prayers? But there's a second thought here. He says, call to me. But notice the second thing. It says, and I will answer you. Beloved, we serve a God who answers our prayers. I will answer you. Wow. That's better than I get from some folks. You know that? I call people, leave a message. They don't call me back. I text people. They don't text me back. I email. They don't answer. But God says, listen, you call and I'll answer. Hallelujah. Now, how does he answer? Sometimes he says, yes, we pray for something. We pray for someone and God sees fit to say yes to our prayers. But then sometimes we pray and God says, no, we ask for something. We ask for someone and God says, no. Why is that? Well, the request might be a wrong request. You don't understand Frank Page tells a story about a pastor who asked the congregation if anyone had any special, needed any special prayer. And Bubba raised his hand and said, I do. 
And so the pastor called Bubba down the front and he asked him what he wanted prayer for. And he said, my hearing. So the pastor, he prayed for Bubba. Other members gathered around and prayed for Bubba. And when they were all done, they said, Amen. The pastor said, so how's your hearing now? And Bubba replied, I don't know, it's not till Wednesday. (laughs) Sometimes the request is wrong. We get messed up in our request. But in all seriousness, some requests are wrong. They're wrong things to ask. Why? Because they're outside of God's will. And God cannot say yes to something that's outside of His will. And sometimes it's not the request that's wrong. Listen, sometimes we're wrong. In other words, the reason God is saying no to a prayer is because there's something wrong in our lives. And we're hindering our prayers. Now, we don't have time to go into all the details. That's a total different message, perhaps a couple of messages. But suffice it today to, to say this today, if we get a no to our prayers for a particular item, a particular person, a particular thing, it would behoove us to take some time and come before the Lord and examine our lives and examine our motives and examine what's going on. Ask the Holy Spirit to search us and try us. Because it may be that the request is not wrong, but we're wrong. And we're hindering His answering our prayers we desire. Or if the request is wrong as we're doing that process of examination, we can get the request corrected so He can say yes. So sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. But here's a hard one. Sometimes the answer is not yet. It's not a no. It's not a yes yet. But it's a not yet. Why? Because sometimes the timing is wrong. The request may be perfectly right, but the timing is wrong. Or it may be the timing is not right for us. In other words, we need to do some growing ourselves. And so the Lord withholds answering a particular prayer concern or prayer request for the time being because He wants to teach us some things. He wants to grow us. Our our request is not wrong, but the timing is wrong. But notice what he says in his word. Call to me and I will answer you. Now the fact that God gives us these words in his his word should lead us to look for the answers. An unknown Christian wrote this. A child of God ought to expect answers to prayer. God means every prayer to have an answer. Not a single real prayer can fail of its effect in heaven. Better yet, listen to what 1 John 5.14 says. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now here's a side note. Take this down. If God asks us and tells us to pray, and He'll answer us, we should be looking for those answers. But here's the thing. We need to be specific In our request. You know why? Because we're so general at times. Well, Lord, bless Susie and bless Johnny and bless the missionary and bless this person and bless that person. And so we pray that prayer. And certainly we want them blessed. We want God to bless them. The problem is we're so general in our praying at times that we don't even know when God has answered the prayer, if God has answered the prayer, because we're so general in our request. We need to get more specific in our praying so we can look for specific answers to our prayers. 
Now that's hard, isn't it? It's a lot easier to say bless and be with and so forth. And all of us do that, I think, if we're honest. But to get real specific about our praying will help us to see God answering us. Now, our God not only welcomes prayer, He also answers our prayers. But there's a third thing here. Look at the rest of the verse. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me, and I will answer you. And then watch the next part. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. We serve a God, beloved, who blesses us through our prayers. So we have a God who welcomes our prayers, who answers our prayers, and also blesses us through our prayers. What a promise God gives here. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. How can we remain prayerless when we have a God like that? One of the great examples of seeing God do great and mighty things is a man by the name of George Mueller. I recommend that you read his little autobiography uh, that he wrote. Uh, It's a little paperback about how God provided for this man and for the orphans that he provided for. But preacher E.F. Halleck said this, George Mueller kept a record of his praying. Whether it was a little request or a big one, he entered it. And when the answer came, he wrote down the answer and the date. At the time of his death, Halleck says his friends went through these records and counted more than 50,000 definite answers to specific petitions offered by this man. Beloved, we serve a God who hears and answers prayer. We serve a God that will do great and mighty things which we do not know. Beloved, what is it? We have not because why? Because we ask not. We remain prayerless. And we don't see God moving on our behalf and moving for His glory. How can God answer a prayer that we've never even offered? Now I want to be careful here. I want to be careful how I say this. But there are things and ways that God has limited Himself. Nobody else limits God. But God has limited Himself until we pray. I don't understand that. I can't explain that. But there are ways that God has limited Himself until we ask. He longs to bless us as a result of our prayer, but we must pray. And yet we have not because we ask not. Jeremiah 33 says, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now I've known this verse for many years. I don't remember when I memorized it. It may have been at Bible camp. It may have been church. I don't remember where it was. But as I was thinking about it this past week, I saw something for the first time where he says there he will show us great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, I thought for many years and I've known for many years that, yes, that would be literal, physical things he's speaking about. There's an element there of literal, physical, great and mighty wonders that he does. As I thought about it this past week, some of those great and mighty things, uh, this, this knowledge he mentions here, literally is concerning God himself. In other words, the greatest answer to prayer is God himself. To know him. 
You see, as you spend time communing with God and fellowshipping with God, yes, you not only see literal physical blessings and, and answers to prayer and great and mighty things, but even greater, you begin to see your great and mighty God. And, and you begin to understand more about Him. And you begin to, to, to enter into to knowledge concerning Him. And you grow in that knowledge. Because the greatest answer to prayer is God Himself to know Him. And that's my desire. One of my goals in life, beloved, is to be truly a man of prayer. And I haven't arrived yet. And I haven't gotten there yet. But I long to be there. And one of the goals that I have for our church family is to be a house of prayer. Why? Because that's God's desire for us. In His Word, He talks about, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And today, so many churches are seeking to build upon programs. Now, by the way, there's nothing wrong with good programs, and we use them here. By the way, we don't serve the program. The program serves our people. But programs are not the key. Other churches today are building upon personalities. And we're living in a day where we have rock star pastors. Did you know that? God help us. Pastors are not rock stars. They're servant shepherds. And God help us from building a church around a personality or a person other than the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we have churches today that are seeking to build upon pizzazz. And so they have hype and excitement and amazing and ridiculous things going on. God help us. Beloved, what we need today are not programs or personalities, or pizzazz, what we need today is prayer. Men and women mighty in prayer. Why? Because prayer shows our dependence upon God. God, if you don't help us, we're helpless. If you don't work, nothing will get done. Not depending upon the arm of flesh. The arm of flesh will fail us, as we sang, I think, earlier in this service. But God will not fail us. And we want to be a house of prayer. And we're working at it. And I want to encourage you to join us as we pray, as we get more organized and mobilized and try to make sure that we're bathing all that we're doing in prayer. I like what O.S. Hawkins said, talking about Jesus' words in Mark eleven six seventeen. 17, my house should be called a house of prayer. O.S. Hawkins said, before it is to be called a house of Bible teaching, a house of evangelism, a house of discipleship, a house of social, social action. His house is to be called a house of prayer. That's what this place is to be. Now, I'll be honest with you, beloved. There are so many things we could say about prayer today. There are so many ways to improve our prayer lives and ways we can do that. But quite simply, beloved, the main thing is to pray. Just start praying. And keep on praying. And keep on praying. And communing with the Lord. See, I want you to be excited about prayer. Because prayer should get us excited about our God. We serve a great and mighty God. We serve an awesome God. A God who welcomes our prayers. Think of that. He welcomes us. I couldn't even give an appointment with the president or even the governor. But God Almighty says, welcome, my child. And He not only welcomes my prayers, He says, I'll answer your prayers. Imagine that. God Almighty 
listening to me and answering my prayers. And not only that, God Almighty says, not only am I welcome, not only will I answer you, but I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You see, I want to do more than just memorize this verse. I want to do more than just talk about it. I want to do more than even just preach about it. I want to live this verse. I want to experience this verse in my own life. I want to experience this verse in this place. That God would do great and mighty things which we do not know. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief. And oft escape the tempter's snare by thy return. Sweet hour of prayer. How long has it been since you spent time in prayer? There was an old song that said, Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? What about you? Is prayer a vital factor in your life? If not, why not begin today? Call to me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which you do not know. Our Father and our God, prayer is a privilege that we have often taken for granted. Forgive us for our prayerlessness. I pray that you would help us, Father, to be a people of prayer And for Red Hill Baptist Church to be a house of prayer. May we never build upon or depend upon our talents, our abilities, our strength, our wisdom. No, Lord, may we always depend upon you. Without you, we are nothing. Without you, we can do nothing. Prayer is our declaration of dependence, O God, and we depend upon you. Raise up men and women of prayer, young people of prayer, boys and girls who pray. Father, help us to never lose the wonder that you invite us into your holy presence. Thank you for that privilege. Now, Lord, as we close this service, I do pray for anyone who may be here who they not only don't pray, they don't even know you. I pray that you bring them to yourself this very moment. And repentance and salvation. I pray for believers, Lord, who maybe today are really struggling. Really, really challenged in some areas. I pray this moment you would bring them to their knees in prayer. And give those burdens to you. Father, work. Do a great work here. For your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And for his sake, amen. Our closing hymn this morning is 445. The altar is open and I would invite you to come and pray today. Sweet hour of prayer, 445. And as we sing, you come and pray. You come and give those burdens to the Lord. If you need to be saved today, let me know that. I'll simply place you with someone who loves you and loves Jesus.
and they'll lead you to Jesus. But the altar is open. The invitation, I hope, is simple and plain. Come today in prayer. Come as we sing 445.